The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. And thank you for the stories that you email me. You, e- you email me a lot of stories because I don't know if they're true or not. And I suppose it really doesn't matter. One afternoon a cop saw a bum leaning up against a building. The bum was drinking something out of a bottle wrapped in a brown paper bag. And the cop said, Hey, what are you doing there? And the bum said, Oh, just... Just what it looks like, I'm holding up the building. The cop took the bum by the arm and led him off, and the building fell down. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Petit Pomp. Pomp. Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. The Maine I grew up in is long gone. I don't seem, I don't seem to know many of the people who live in my neighborhood, unless they're my, my relations. Who are these strangers and where did they and their curious customs come from? When did they appear and what brought them here? Back when I was a little boy, old men, well, they were still cutting hay with horse-drawn mowing machines back then. The horses hauled hay home in a huge little alliteration there, like Beowulf. The horses hauled hay home in a huge wooden hay rake. We could, we could climb on top. We could tramp hay. Of course, we were underfoot and a great bother, but we were there. We didn't, didn't bother us that we were a bother. When I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, I used to ride in a mule-drawn buggy with Percy Jones when he'd go down the Clark Island Road to cut a few alders with a razor-sharp axe to heat his home. I bought the farm where, where I've lived for almost 50 years from Myrtle Ray. Myrtle was one of my mother's third cousins. And if you visit me today, you can still see, hanging behind a seldom-used door to the back attic, a thing that's stuffed with a ball of assorted string and other useless objects that I can't even identify. It's probably been there since the Great Depression. And I'm not talking about the financial crash of 2008 that everyone has conveniently forgotten. I can remember a time when rich kids... I can remember a time when rich kids were the ones who didn't wear their father's made-over-pants to school. I can remember patching the hole in the sole of my shoe with a piece of aluminum because cardboard fell apart and was useless in wet weather. If something broke so bad that you couldn't fix it back then, which was unusual, you still couldn't throw it away just because. That was the main I was born and brought up in, what has happened to Maine? Listen to what I heard on Channel 6 one morning. You cannot scare a coyote by shouting, but if you throw a tennis ball, it usually works.
Django here on The Humble Farmer. With no things considered, no things considered, I, I chanced to notice that the New Hampshire Bar Association has 27 or so people listed as employees on their webpage. There is a natural law that says, you know about this, there's a natural law that says the more available cells you have in your prison, the more people you will find to fill them. This is one reason they immediately tore down the old Main State Prison in Thomaston. Had they not done so, it too would now be as full as it was when they built that new prison over in Warren. It is the same natural law that says the more money an association has to spend, the more employees it will take to spend it. I have a book, and in this book it lists every association in the United States. I contact them for my speaking business. And it, this book tells how much money each association has to spend and how many employees it takes to spend it. Open in the book at random, I see that the Truss Plate Institute has an annual budget of from two hundred dollars to $500,000. They only need a staff of three people to spend it. The New Hampshire Bar Association has around nine times that many employees. And according to my math, either the New Hampshire Bar Association has a four and one half million dollar budget or New Hampshire people are so thrifty that an association employee in New York can outspend them nine to one.
Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. With any luck at all, you know, you can hear me right here on your favorite radio station every week at this time, playing old-fashioned music just for you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Are you torn in the morning, not knowing which of two things to do? Should I compile some comments on the profits generated by our culture of fear? Or should I write about my impossible new Canon Pixma MX922 printer? My printer? My printer is too complicated. I can't even figure out how to print a letter on this new printer. It has a dashboard on it that's a jumble of flashing lights, dials and buttons, just like something you'd expect to see in a fighter jet. I printed a letter with it the other day when I got it, but by the time I got back at it again four or five days later, I forgot how to do it. It is not fair. Do you think it's fair? It is not fair that things should be so complicated nowadays. And I admit that I am contributing to the problem. I could go to the store where I bought the thing. I could receive instructions on how to complete the three simple tasks I expect from a printer. One, print letters. Two, print CDs. Three, scan documents. And then, you see, I could make a YouTube video telling other people how to do it. Yes, there are a lot of videos out there purporting to explain how to operate the Canon PIXMA MX922, but they don't really tell you how to even turn the thing on. That's a given thing that they take for granted. You know how to do it. The children purporting to explain the thing have no idea of the concept of programmed learning. I could make a video telling other folks how to run the machine, but I'm not doing it. I am contributing to the problem.
Hate them, of course. No one else could do it. Oh my goodness, it's time already to remind you that you are listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. You know why I say old-fashioned music? I don't like that J-A-Z-Z word because J-A-Z-Z, well, it's such a big word, isn't it? And it encompasses a lot of people that I wouldn't inflict upon you. I don't even dare say, mention a name, fear the hair will raise right up on the back of your neck. Ornette Coleman? <laughs> one spam I got one morning said, Over 12 million songs for Robert Carl Skoglund. <laughs> what, what, would, what would I do with 12 million songs? Think about this. If each song lasted three minutes, I could only hear 480 songs if I listened for 24 hours steady. If I listened full time for a year, I could only hear 175,200 of the 12 million songs. Now, I'm not going to crunch the numbers again, but the first time through on my handheld com little computer tells me that I'd be a hundred and did you hear this? I'd be a hundred and thirty-nine years old before I heard all these songs. <laughs> no, don't you think that songs ought to be listened to and enjoyed? 
And although it's nice to have enough for my needs, your needs, a reasonable person would hope that the thought of 12 million songs would only appeal to a very greedy person or a fanatical collector. And when you consider it in those terms, how many people really need $12 million?
Scott Hamilton bass player was really pushing, wasn't he? <laughs> he didn't even want to give up there after he finished his solo, didn't want to come out of it. Nice. You know, you've heard uh, bass players with Zudi and Stan Getz who played all the notes, but they were just plunking, plunk, plunk, plunk. They weren't pushing at all. And, okay, okay. They have better sound now. I got like that. I like that bass player. I don't know who it was like to hear him push. I can't think of anyone, now we're moving on, I can't think of anyone in the town of St. George, Maine, where I live, who isn't either employed or retired. I understand that in some states, in some regions, there's this thing called unemployment. In those states, some people give their occupation as unemployed. That means that they don't have a job. Others give their occupation as a consultant. In Maine, that means they're really unemployed.
Grandfather Hines. You know people who are good storytellers. They're fun to listen to. And I can rattle off the names of six, eight, ten excellent storytellers because way back when I used to have to write a newspaper column once a week and had nothing to say, I'd go to see one of them. Eddie Tyler. Ed Tyler is a good storyteller. I have heard Ed Tyler speak before a group, and I can tell you that he knows what's going on. I was on my third class of punch when Eddie Tyler came over and said to me, he said, you know, for years I was the supply man down at Marine Colloids. Anybody needing something, they came see me. I had the reputation for being tight. I didn't always give them what they asked for unless they had a good reason for needing it. One day this fellow came in and said, Hey, Ed, someone stole my stapler. And I said, You're a grown man. Don't come in here and bother me with things like that. You should be able to figure out what to do. Well, this this fellow left, nodding eagerly. The next day when I came to work, my stapler was gone.
spoke at a state association of funeral directors in one of those in one of those big states west of Texas. And the, the man you'd like to hear this. The man who heads up that state's funeral directors association called me on the phone and he sounded quite excited about having me entertain his group. And this man said, Let's say if you start telling funny stories at two in the afternoon you can finish at four. And of course that kind of startled me. Two hours non-stop before funeral directors? I said, perhaps you should understand something. In my business, when we talk too long, our customers can get up and walk out. She 
very popular when I was a child, Spike Jones. I dream of Brownie with them. A great computer guru named Richard Bird once told me that he liked computers because, unlike people, if you work with them long enough and treat them right, they will do what you want.
is this a good time to thank you so much for listening? 